It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author, and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to One Too Many Voices. This is the most exciting show that I do for me because it involves me talking to you about real issues and talking to people that I actually am getting to know, and some of them I know really well about issues that matter. And I think it's fun to hear us talk about our opinions of certain issues that go on in life. So without wasting a lot of time talking about what my hopes were, I want to introduce them because today we have some exciting people talking about an issue that's very important to many of us about living an intuitive life. And I'll explain what that means in just a minute. First off, she has been with us for many years. In fact, this is a seasoned group that has joined me today. Uh, Kathleen Hall called Psychic Cat. She has a radio show uh, of the same name. Many of you know her. Many of you read her kaleidoscope horoscopes. She's a, a sprite. Lee Gemini, we just love being around her when she's when she's with us and she gives us her time. It's so good to have you with us, Kat, today. Are you here? I am, and thank you so much, Mark. And hi, Val and Mo. It's so great. <laughs> hey. Hello. Ah, great. so you know who our guests are. I love it. <laughs> well, you heard. It's Mo and that's Valerie Camozzi. Now, Mo was with us on the last panel. He's He is such a contributor because, you know, there's not a lot of men in this industry. And Mo is so willing to jump up and be the voice for the, for, for the male voice. And, and it, many of you know him as a scholar, as a Vedic astrologer, as the master Tarot teacher. Uh, I adore him. I'm so happy to have him in my life. He is his love as he looks and Mo you are with us right Mo I am with you and trust me the adoration is quite mutual oh, that's so, so thank sweet. you yeah welcome <laughs> aboard I'm so glad you play with me thank you and lastly this woman came on board when we first launched uh, one to listen it's been nearly five years I'm gonna have to confirm that with her I've often called her the the matriarch of the site because what Val does is Val holds a space from a nursing perspective, a medical perspective, and she's always been gentle and objective and fair and true. And you know what kills me? Right. And I just hate <laughs> saying that. Now, <laughs> it's so good to have you on a panel. Welcome aboard. You here with us? I sure am. Thanks, Mark. What a great intro. And oh. yeah, it's been about five years. Wow. I can't believe it. I can't either. It's just amazing. I'll never forget I was in an airport, an airport when you first called because there was a problem with something going on and you called and I was walking through an airport and it was the first time we met. You probably don't even remember, but I remember seeing your picture going, she is amazing. I mean, like, who is that woman? Why is she with us? You know, so unworthy. So thank you for coming on board. And you guys, here's the thing. Well, when I brought these panels together, I thought rarely do we get a chance to pick your brains about life issues that are going on that everybody face. And particularly women, uh, people, I say women because women to me represent the intuitive force. And that's why it's so special to have Mo on board. But a lot of times in living this world, we are not encouraged. It's called magical thinking if you use an oracle to get an answer or if you wait for an omen or a symbol, which is something that Kat is known for throughout many of her uh, uh, open talks on the radio. She'll talk about symbolism and omens. I want to know, how do you get away with it, first of all? And like, do you, is it something that, that can fit into 
our culture, how have you made it work? So we're going to cover the range. Like, where have you gotten in trouble for it? How have you made it work? So first of all, let's talk about how uh, the style in which you use magical thinking. How do you use your intuitive nature and where do you use it the most now? And we can start, Kat, with you if you don't mind and we'll go around. Not at all. And I think symbolism, it's interesting that you're bringing that up because uh, more so than ever, people are working with symbolism and also through my classes. And what we do is we co-create uh, a special symbol or a sign or a shape or, or something that comes to them. I've had everything from theirs to large uh, train keys. We had one of those recently that, that popped out of nowhere. So we, we use a symbol and we follow along and what it, what it means or we set the intention for uh, something magical or a miracle to occur around a wish or desire that the client has been uh, holding close to their heart. And many times it's someone who's been stuck with issues or, or they can't move forward and, and things of that nature. And once we pick the symbol, we actually exchange back and forth. Okay, we saw it here. We may exchange photos. We may, you know, um, just have quick words or, or you know, we, we connect more frequently than usual. And each of us will find the sign along the way telling the client that they are on the right track. And it's just been a spectacular uh, period, I, w I would say, in the last year, 2012, every time we locate the symbol, it brings them closer to their goal. And I'm really excited to say I just started a new round within my class because everyone located their symbol and everyone that used the, the method, ha you know, reached their desire or their goal. So Okay, so you're using it as like, and so you will actually take that technique that you're teaching and use it to get answers to questions every day of your life. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, I do. Ah. I, I do. I test, I, I know this is, you know, I'll, I'll blame it on my Aries moon for a moment, but I have worked with spirit to challenge myself to really, truly find like a deeper way to, to live. So I'm not, because our everyday lives are so, you know, they're insane. They're crazy. There's so many things to do. We're in a physical world and a material world, all of that. And I really challenge myself to go beyond it and reach beyond to bring myself more awareness, I, I would say, of my spirituality and my growth. And in that way, I've challenged the universe to show me that it exists and that the help is really true. Okay, because so we're going to actually find out how that that's worked for you and see if you've gotten any repercussions for that. I want to find out, Mo, how do you use yours? Well, hang on here just a second. Go, Mo. Hang on, hang on. I love you, Mo. Oh, God. I'm afraid I can't speak for the rest of the show. So, <laughs> so you do it with the tarot, I take it. Oh, anything. I use anything. You know, no, I... Do you use it? Do you actually use it? I mean, like daily? People ask me that. I mean, I work with the cards every single day. Um, I work with astrology every single day. But as far as my own life goes, I very rarely pick a card or go to the chart because my belief is, and it's proven to be correct, that when you work in this field, when you are imbued, not imbued, uh, imbibed, let's say, drinking this stuff up all the time, you live a particular kind of life. And that life is based upon action and reaction. I Now, magical thinking to the psychological community, as you know, is considered to be like a mental illness. They, they consider it to be very dangerous. And I've seen some, some examples of that. But for the most part, 
it's living in the wonder and in the moment. So do I do I see omens? You bet I do. Um, but I'm also very cautious not to put you know all the money down on red because I happen to see an apple fall out of the sky. Right? That's do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So I believe that the best omen is life itself. Although I do, from time to time, I get perplexed and consternated, and I sit down with the cards or whatever. And generally, they tell me what I usually already know. But maybe that has to do with the intuitive process. I'm sure um, uh, the the others on the panel will will reaffirm that. But I think that when we do what we do, we end up doing it all the time. That makes sense, Val. How do you feel? How does that fit into your life? The idea of uh, using the oracles or using omens or symbols or intuition. Wait. It's interesting whether I'm on the street talking to someone or whether I'm I'm doing a reading for a client. It, it's all the same. It's like as soon as they start talking, it's the energy and you're connecting with the energy. So with that connection, all of a sudden I'm getting colors, I'm getting pictures, I'm getting snapshots, I'm seeing things around them. And whether it's on the phone, actually the phone is easier because it's not as distracting and that's why I love so one, two, one, two, listen. But even when I'm talking to someone on the street or I run into them in the in the market when I'm shopping, it's the same thing. It, just the colors, the pictures, the energy, the the mood. So it's kind of like see, seeing, hearing, feeling all at the same time, and you got to kind of sort it out. That's why I love when people call you and for a reading. And like Mo, it's like you already kind of have the information, and I'll throw cards. I'll throw cards sometimes, but it's not the initial thing I go to. It's kind of like the validation during the reading that comes up. Oh, guess what? You know. You want to know if this soulmate relationship, and I just picked up a card to lovers, you know, whatever. So it's just an extra validation. To me, it's just kind of a prop. When I'm in person doing readings, which I only do events, I don't do in-person readings, but when I do events, sure, the cards are kind of, you know, Mo, they're kind of people get into the cards and they want to see them, you know, Kat. And so you'll throw the cards and people go, oh, okay, tell me what that is. But really for me, it's energy. As soon as I hear their voice, there's a connection. I wow. love that. Now, do you, on a scale of one to five, Kat, on a scale of one to five, when you're out in the world, how mu- how heavily do you rely on this intuitive part of yourself throughout the day? Uh, well, I have, I have a confession to make. What? <laughs> when I'm out in the world on my walk and, and my, my exercise routine that I do every day, I really get in touch with you know, my intuition, I, I, I think, and I speak to myself and I sing out loud and I do all these crazy things or what, and I want to go back to what Mo said about the insanity of it all. But it's true. I really do pay attention to everything. And then when I'm out in the world in my new life and in my downtime and in the music world and everything that I've been exploring with that and, and, you know, I, I've tried to, shut it off a little bit just to really let myself live and you know of course people will approach me and they they say oh do you do you have it on now do you have a switch that you turn on and off do you and i i really have been trying to turn it off but of course like val said no matter where we are and, and mo too i'm i'm sure we are sensitive to everything that goes on around us or takes place around us so when i'm sitting there and i'm absorbing all this energy, I can see things automatically and, and, 
you know, of course, address them accordingly. Right. So, so it never goes away, in a sense, no. is, is what you're saying. And I would imagine that's for all of you. So I'm going to jump, assuming the same uh, is true for Val and Mo. Is let's say you're both, you're all three are individually going to the. Um, I don't know, walking into a dental office and they, and, and they recognize you and they go, hey, we could take you right now for that appointment that we have two weeks from now. How many of you, like, what would be your first response, even though it sounds like a good idea? Is there an intuitive connection? Like, Mo, is there a part of you, like, do you want to run and pull a card or what happens? Or are you just- Oh, no. No, no. You, well, here's the, here's the thing with me. I, I believe quite thoroughly in living in the moment and being present in the real world, too. Um, I have what I call my spidey sense, you know, from the old Spider-Man comic books. <laughs> and it actually saved my life once on the streets of Palo Alto um, many, many years ago. But I literally get this tension, this this tingling, and I know something's up. Unless that comes up, I kind of just wander through life. I'm, I am absent-minded. So if they say to me, Mo, we can take you right now, I, if that sense goes off and says, you know, this is a bad idea, I'm not going to do it. And I don't care what anyone says. There was only once in my life when I did not get on a plane. Hmm. And I refused <laughs> to get on that plane. It was, there was just no way I was going to get on it. And uh, it didn't crash or anything. But I, I felt this sense of, you are not getting on this plane. It is wrong for you to do. So I didn't. Now, isn't it possible to, because I refused to get on a ride one time and it, nothing happened to it. I, well, no, I actually got on it and demanded they get me off. And <laughs> I've never done that. But isn't it possible that just sort of like in terms of like to the chemical reaction is that because you didn't get on the plane, it didn't crash? You know, I mean, like you changed it. Do, do we change destiny in that sort of moment or is that just, you know, well, let me, yeah, can I take absolutely. Let me just take it in another direction. Give you an example. I was in Peru and I was with a small group and I had scheduled with American guides in the U S to go on this, um, river rafting the day of, I had this terrible, terrible gut feeling that I shouldn't be on it. And I told the group, you know, you guys go ahead. It's all arranged, but I'm not going. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was so beat up by the rest of the group, like, oh, come on. What are you afraid of? I river rafted all my life. You know, the highest rapids. It was not a scared thing, but something told me not to go. Well, guess what? I was bullied into it. I did go, and I went uh, between 9 and 15 miles down the river, mostly underwater, and was drowning. So wow. had I trusted my gut intuition, I would not have had that experience. And having put that trip together, I had a mother that also fell over with her child in the boat, and she went down the river under the, underwater. So I guess it wasn't just for me. I just said, hey, guys, we're canceling. It's no big deal. <laughs> you know, uh, the money wasn't the issue. Uh, but that's a perfect example of not. You know, you might get on the plane. You may not get on the plane. Does it change destiny? Not for me. I just didn't listen. Well. Uh, can I add to yeah, that also, absolutely. because I, I agree so much with what they're saying, Mo and Val, because even with my pregnancy, uh, you know, with Sydney, 
I had been due on February the 16th and she was born on, on January 3rd because something kept, I had a bad feeling. I thought something was wrong with her. I drove around for four months trying to find somebody to help me because I had this sense that she had to come early or she would have been, you know, she would have died before she was born. And she, she was, I, I literally timed it within an hour of being in the hospital to where she was delivered and her life was saved. But she did, in fact, die at birth many times. And I, I feel that my body, like Mo had said, the tingling, I go into this heavy-duty shaking, you know, my physical reactions and, you know, what that, that gut that Val said, you know, I feel that it's really, really important because that's not when we're, and, and please correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't think we're conscious in that moment. We're not really in a state of consciousness like, oh, we know we're intuitives or, you know, it's just automatic it, turn on. It, it just happens. And we're not even, you know, for myself, I didn't want my baby to be sick or, you know, have this terrible dread feeling that something was going to be wrong with it and, uh, or I mean with her and you know, that type of thing. So, and you know, Mark, for yourself, I have canceled many airplane flights. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I guess I want you all to to really address too, because here's a lot of people out there, you know, just struggling with the difference between the difference between fear and paranoia and Mm -hmm. a true message that I'm like, no, I feel very confident. I am not getting on that plane. Um, And, and have you guys felt repercussions? Is there a story in your mind using intuition that has cost you respect maybe, for example, or um, some, or maybe you're, you were, you, you backed the wrong intuitive thought. I mean, is there a negative repercussion to living that sort of, cause I hear psychiatrists in my mind going, that's magical thinking, child. That is, you know, every that, day, Mark. Yeah, every day. Really, I'm considered to be a lunatic by by my fam, by most of my family. Maybe they love, me, but they think I'm so am I, Mo. You're not alone. Yeah, me, too. me three. Um, you know, my my poor parents. My mother. Um, oh, she tried to keep me away from this. May I tell a quick story based on kind of this idea? Um, I tell people, listen to your body. Like Kat said, she felt it. I hitchhiked from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to Denver back in the 70s. And that was back when people were stupid enough to hitchhike. Mm. And I had this overriding sense that I could I could die on this trip. So a friend of mine drove me to Lafayette, Louisiana, where all the Cajuns are, and he gave me a hunting knife. He said, carry this with you. And I said, oh, I don't need this. He said, you can't hit. And a voice said, and I heard it as clearly as if it were in my ear, it said, take the knife. So I thought, okay, whatever. So I figured I could feel this dread. Now, the first guy that picked me up was was on, on speed and was driving about 130 miles an hour all the way to uh, to Houston. He wasn't Jesus. the death, right? Yeah. He dropped me off. We'd stopped at McDonald's. I bought a couple of, uh, of cheeseburgers. And then I was I had to deal with coyotes. And all they wanted was the cheeseburgers. Once I gave them those, they were fine, you know. But I ended up in Houston, and that that morning, in the middle of rush hour traffic, an El Camino stopped. You remember those those kind of truck cars? Yes. Yeah. And I felt it as sure as as if the Grim Reaper were standing in front of me that this was my death. Wow. And so I got in the car anyway because I'd been standing in this place for hours, and there was a guy in there, clean cut. 
whatever, just, you know, as normal as one might think. Jeffrey and, Dahmer. Um, well, what he did is he pulled out a gun, big gun. And he said, did you know that there's a man picking up hitchhikers uh, in the Houston area shooting them with a gun just like this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. From the moment wow. I got in the, in, the, in the car, I had my hand on the hunting knife and I pulled it out and said, and do you think he could act fast enough not to get stabbed? Oh, oh, right. oh. Wow. Now, I got out. He pulled, I mean, he pulled aside right away and he said, get out. So I got out with this hunting knife and there was a state patrolman or whatever they call them right there. And he said, what are you doing that knife? I said, that man has a gun. And he said, oh, my God, that's him. Boom. <gasps> they were after this guy. Oh, oh. my God. Whereas I'm sitting that's here. That's amazing. That was a that was a real moment where my life could have changed i would have been dead i have no doubt and mm. but that's what this world does that's what the metaphysical world is about i am grateful every day i've been saved many times many times well so i wonder what it is that keeps people what is the judgment in the culture is it just is it, it everybody must do it everybody gets a it seems like everyone that i know gets a premonition of course i guess my world is skewed but you there's a lot of people that get premonitions i know that if i were at that dentist's office and they said can you come in for the appointment i don't know that i could do it unless i ran to the ephemeris i mean i you know because i just don't want to get work done on a void of course moon this is superstition for real but for me it, it's a tried and true thing that I've made real, so I have to honor it. But, right. I, you know, so, like, wonder what the world's judgment is. Why are people so angry that all you guys do is, like, pull a card and get some information? And you're right. Very often, you're right. What is the anger? I, I think it's the fear of the unknown. You know, you can go back to biblical history or go back to religions, and it, mm. it just traces through cultures, centuries. I mean, I, it's fear. Because it looks I like you're more powerful too. than them, or that you have something they don't or have. Or you're using dark forces, or, mm. you know. I try to. It doesn't work. <laughs> I've, I've had so much opposition uh, over the last, you know, I mean, it's been three decades. I've had everything from Bibles thrown at me to coverings for my head for, you know, you shall not prophesize in public without it, something covering your head to, wow you know, death threats and little pamphlets at my door. I mean, it goes on and on. And I really feel now, here it is three decades later, and I was a very young person. You know, I ran away from it so many times and of my own fear. And I, I really truly believe now we are becoming more aware. And I think, it, you know, over time it will become more accepted. But there is always that, oh, you are different than we are. And, you know, I was thinking this the other night because I said something, we were going to go to a restaurant for dinner and it's called the Hog Snapper, you know, Florida and their mm. seafood. And for some reason, I stopped the, I said, you know, we shouldn't do this. I have a really bad feeling. So Michael says, come on, we, we should just go in and check it out. We'll have a drink, whatever. I got in there. My nose started to twitch. My eye was twitching. I said, we are not staying here. Sure enough, the next day, how many reports of food poisoning? It was in my face that it was correct. Like we did not, we did the right thing. We left. And so you didn't I, have to do anything for that. You're saying like, in a way you're, you're, open sensitivity it's almost like that sounds like too like an entity came in but it's really just what you being sensitive to the world around you right it was just like an automatic and i think what my my why i brought this up is because 
people later that night, you know, Mike was telling the story about, you know, how everything that I say or everything he's learned over time, that things that are coming out of my mouth now are true. You know, where, why are, why are we doubting the pro, you know, why are we doubting it and things like that? So, and there was some judgment you could tell. I could sense people listening like, oh, come on, you know, how does she know that there's going to be food poisoning there or something like that? You could just, I just know when people are, you know. Snubbing they're, it. Yes, yeah, to- completely. But sure enough, it was out, out the next day that there were three reports of food poisoning there. So, This might be a good moment for us to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, our lovely hosts, and what's going on. We're going to take a five-minute break, and then we'll come back and talk to Mo, Val, and Kat about this intuition thing. All right, we'll be right back. This is Mark Hussain, and this is One Too Many Voices. Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission. And you're listening to One Two Radio, changing the way we, changing the way we listen to the world. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at 12radio.com. And now, here's Mark. There you go. Mo, you brought up a good point about um, having, uh, uh, finding balance and being here now and sort of like uh, living a life that's sort of less reliant. Is Do you guys agree that it's possible to be a little too dependent on any one sort of thing? I mean, and have you found yourselves in that situation where, like me, I have to run and get the ephemeris before I make the decision? Or have you been in situations where um, your intuition was, you think, maybe too heavily relied on? Or is that possible? Oh, I think it is possible. And I think the reason is one of the things that we have the hardest, and maybe not the others, but I've had the hardest time with over the decades is figuring out which voice is which, you know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean it the way it sounds, but. No, it's right. Which, is it fear or is it truly intuition kind of thing, right? Exactly. And, you know, there's, it, it's one of those things that I really work hard on. And that's when I go to the cards, when I have this nagging feeling and I say, now, wait, is this fear or is this pride or is this ego or just crap? Excuse the term. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the cards and the cards say, Mo, you are so full of it. What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> and, and that's the affirmation. I need it. And I never pull just one card. I pull a, a minimum of three. And I've known people who have ruined their lives. I'm pulling one card out of a deck. Yeah, Eight. I would do that. And <laughs> ways to utilize this, because the public views us with this, they think we're stupid, in my opinion. A lot of people think we're stupid because we believe these wonderful things. So one day I was going to buy a car and the guy was hemming and hawing, and he was doing the deal. And I looked at him and said, look, if I don't buy this car today, tonight, at a price I want, I'm not going to buy it for at least three to four weeks. And he said, why? I said, because Mercury goes retrograde tomorrow. <laughs> we'll buy a car from the retrograde. And he rolled his eyes. And I said, you think I'm kidding? This is what I do for a living. And the guy told it to me right then and there, you know? Ah. So you can use this, too. I mean, if people are going to gonna gonna lump us in use the lump <laughs> that's really true now valerie you had a really you've been in the medical profession and you're a, a lot of people know that you're a registered nurse i think you worked in infant care, critical care right you know, correct yeah Neo, 
neonatal and pediatric intensive care for 25 years. Yep, you got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and so, there, you know, being an intuitive in that, I mean, do you have a story? Oh, my God, there's so many, but let me just keep this one brief. I was um, doing air transport, so I had to go pick up a kid in another state. So the physician, myself, um, got on the plane with the pilots and everyone. We went to the hospital. We stabilized the baby, prepared the baby for transport. Dad came back with us. We're flying home. And the physician says, well, you need to draw up all these cardiac drugs. And and sure, I, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm going to draw them all up. But I heard, like you said, Mo, and you said, Kat, you hear clearly, you're not going to need them. This is the defect. So you could call it higher self, uh, the baby talking, uh, a, a guide, an angel, whoever you want to call it. To me, I just hear the voice. So I heard it, and I heard specifically what the cardiac defect was. So I'm listening with my stethoscope, and sure enough, it makes sense, the information I heard in that. And I turned to the doctor. I said, we're not going to need it. He goes, I want it now. I want it all drawn up now. We're, we're going to be giving this. And he was really nervous. It's like, okay, whatever, drew it up, had all the meds ready. We never used it. So he goes, well, well, what's your take on this? And you have to be really careful because I don't diagnose, prescribe, or treat. I want to make that perfectly clear. But I said, um, oh, it's, you know, blah, 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 defect. And he goes, no, it would never present like that. Well, sure enough, that was the diagnosis. Whoa. That's a That's diagnosis awesome. I heard. That's not because I knew it. I didn't know it. But I heard it. I trusted it. And it played out. So over and over again, I have about a thousand stories like that. You know, this voice that comes through. And, and again, it can be your angel. It could be your guide. It could be your higher self. It could be their higher self. Whatever. Just once I paid attention, oh, my gosh, it made my life so much easier in the newborn intensive care. But you've got to be really careful because there's egos involved. And so... I would play, you know, dumb nurse and say, you know, this heart just, I'm not sure if I'm hearing things. Can you just take a listen? And sure enough, boom, the kid was off to open heart surgery. So, yeah. It's very powerful. And I, so here's the next thing that that brings up for me. Um, I assume you guys have been wrong and I assume you've been wrong about certain intuitions in your life. Or have you? How does it get wired? Kat, have you ever just had a thought and going, you know, if I do this, I know it's probably going to it's going to end up not very good. And then you go do it. And it's it seems to be OK. Is what is the what is the lesson that we teach people about following intuition? I mean, is it a blind follow? I mean, what you know, how do you work it in terms of your accuracy, not in terms of accuracy, but in terms of like, how do you judge when maybe something came back different than you had thought it would? I feel many different things as far as fear. I, I joke with you all the time. Sometimes I'm outright paranoid and I admit it. I, I definitely look at things in a different way. When, I'm, when I feel off, I will struggle with myself and say, you know, I'll talk to myself and say, do not touch that deck because I will make my, I know the difference when my cards are in an authentic place and I know, and I'm like Mo too. I don't, I don't pull one card. I always have to pull three minimum. Like I, I, I go to pull one and then I go, now I have to have more. I need solid proof of, of what's about to happen or what's about to unfold. And as far as being wrong or inaccurate, or if I feel number one, if we're reading for others, 
maybe free will or many times you give guidance or you offer suggestions of, of the path they should take and then they do the exact opposite and then the outcome changes. Mm-hmm. Or, or for myself, I, ca- I know when I'm in a place of fear or uh, jokingly Virgo rising paranoia, um, <laughs> I... <laughs> we all I, know the paranoia one. We are <laughs> you're not alone. We call it that. But, it's not clinical paranoia, but it's like where we get no, suspicious exactly. that things aren't working I, for us. I am so suspicious and I'm overly cautious that... And, you know, to the point of almost, I think we said this uh, way back in the day, that we all have that OCD at least myself, my, my thinking and, and right. the way, the way I overthink and rip things apart to make sure that I'm correct. Right. I, I do that. So I, I don't know where to go with this, that's except okay. I think no, you, perfect. I, I you, think you all understand that, you know, when I think there's a lot of free will and, and I've, I'm like Mo, right. You know, what, what Mo had said earlier and Val in that right now, I think the spontaneity or, I had learned to let go when I can't, you know, when you come to a certain place of healing in your life or I don't read for myself nearly as much as I used to, or I, I kind of go with the flow and I'm, I'm enjoying that in the moment. Okay. So you guys have, um, that brings up a good point. And Mo, she said, um, the idea, Oh God, let me get that thought where it was. Uh, Oh, being wrong. Do you, does it matter? I mean, is it possible that just your awareness on a topic can, can change the outcome of it? Absolutely. And you know, if I were never wrong, I'd be in a bunker about 500 feet below the Pentagon right now. You know what I mean? I'd be a state secret. That's right. Um, and I'm sure there is someone down there. I know how they are, but (laughs) you know, we, you and I spoke of this recently. Yes. Um, where it was one of those questions where I was saying, "My, I'm, I'm objective. I'm objective." And you said, "Are you really?" And I said, "No." <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's almost impossible to be objective. If there are people I really, really like, and I'm the type of guy who really, really likes people, I want to see the sunniest side of things for them, and I have to really work hard to see that. You know, people often say, "Well, what about the dark side?" And then you open that up and you go. Wow. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. But I think it is, we are organisms. I always say you can't poison part of the well. If one part of the well is poisoned, it's all poisoned, which means if a part of your life is miserable, the whole thing is going to be miserable in some way or another. The same is true, I think, of the intuitive process. If it's much easier to see, you know, bad things for people you don't like than it is for people you do like. So this is a part of my process and this is why I believe in redundancy. Not only do I use the Tarot, but I'll use the Lenormand cards and I'll use playing cards and I'll look at a chart at the same time and Mm -hmm. I look at different aspects of the chart because I want to be really certain of what I'm saying before I do it. Mm. And and because our words, I I think everyone will agree with me, our words carry immense weight in people's lives. Oh, absolutely. When you're doing it professionally, any advice that somebody has you, that they're paying for your advice, they're going to take you seriously. And you have a responsibility to back up your intuition and your information uh, in that way. And that's what you all do. I know it for a fact. And that's why you're good at what you do. Val, should anybody uh, train in intuition? 
Oh, absolutely. I think that the more you use it, the more helpful it is. But it's a guide. It's a guide you use. And that's how I think Catmo and I and our colleagues use in our in our everyday life <laughs> is using it as a guide. We're evolving. Mm. You know, have I ever been wrong? Yes, I've been wrong. And when I'm wrong about if I've ever been wrong about diagnosis, hallelujah, because that means I'm praying it's a better outcome than than what it could be. But as far as, you know, um, being so attached to it, you have to understand the people. Now, I've heard people, and I, I'm going to be honest, they'll say, well, my guide told me to do this, or my angel told me uh, to do this. Yeah. Did they Did they really? I mean, you have to look at that and say, hey, I'm following some guidance I'm feeling. Um, yeah, you might be getting it from a higher source. Awesome. But the higher source is a part of you. I, <laughs> I had mean, a, it really is. Well, it is. I had an advisor once say, my guides told me not that I can't do a schedule. And I said, wow, because my guides told me to fire you. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's just like, okay, that's just so – but that, so it brings up a point. When you tell somebody, like, is it possible you see some bad health maybe around them or some energetic, and you mention it. And let's say they go to the doctor, and uh, just the act of their will and their energy on the health, is this self-justifying? That is it possible that in that way they – actually took care of a problem that was potential or is that just self-justifying is that just where you know you're never really wrong and that's how we justify it no i think that's a really good point you know i think that it well you know being the healing part of me i think that we all have things going on around us we have stress you know, mental, emotional, physical stressors that can create things. And can we work on it to to break it up? Sure, we have complementary alternative medicine. Yeah, it might take going to the doctor to be reassured that, no, you know, you're really doing okay. You could watch this. It doesn't have to be, oh, my gosh, you're going to die of cancer. That's right. You know, it's just, that's dark. That's icky. That's not and that's Real. also kind of like that really does set up a self-fulfilling prophecy that nobody it wants it to be responsible for. So, Kat, yeah. why should somebody train? Mark, I feel training can definitely – but first of all, I do not believe that one person can give another person psychic abilities or even – I feel we all have this innate uh, level of intuition wherever it may be you know right. whatever whatever our gifts are I think uh, you know people who are aware and who want to develop their gifts definitely have the ability to either hone their skills or work with the energy a little bit more come into a, a, a you know for my students especially you know over time I am seeing such tremendous growth simply because they are initiated or sparked of something that they were unknowing, you know, they, they weren't aware of before and, and they take it and they run with it. Just like all of us at some point, you with astrology, Mo with his his tarot and, and Val with her her deep sense of, of feeling and, and being the empath that she is. I believe we all have a specific gift or something that we f are strong in a way. And I think everyone who wants to develop it or, you know, grow in a, a special way, it's just really planting seeds for people. Mm -hmm. And where they go with it at that point is, is what they do. But my, my students, I have seen, and I, and I questioned myself, Mark, many times for many years before I went out to the, into the world to teach. 
and to really uh, share some of the skills or the, you know, I like to call them shortcuts with, with the Aries moon, but I, I really have seen tremendous things come out of people who really just said, you know, I had had a, a certain instance and I want to develop this and why am I afraid of it? I think it's fear, releasing their fear. That's, that's what I believe. Okay. Mo, why should people train within your world? It is, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's colorful. Do you, you, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you remember it was, it was many, many years ago. I taught a class through the 12th House Bookstore on seeing auras. And, and you were there yes, for that. Yes, I was. Absolutely. There were 40 people in that class, and every single one of them saw auras that yep. night. Do you recall? Oh, absolutely. It, it was That's beautiful. awesome. It was amazing. That's so great. They saw the colors. They saw the shapes. And you could see people going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the point was they'd seen them all their lives. Now, out of all those people who saw them that night, to my knowledge, only two ever saw them again mm. because they were they were it's kind of like a contact high that's right he had formed this powerful battery this ability this ability exists all the time why wouldn't you utilize every sense that you have why wouldn't you tune into nature you know I, i'm old so i feel weather days before it happens <laughs> so the intent behind it, the elemental forces that are coming, whether they be sylphs or undines or gnomes or salamanders or whatever. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it is exciting and it's vibrant. And when you can sit in a room, when you can look at someone and see the color and see the energy around them, and it can help you because you can tell right away if they're full of it or if they're sincere, why wouldn't you want to bring this into your life? It helps us. But more than that, it is uh, absolute gas. I love it. Well, you make it really fun. I remember staring at the cash register, looking for the aura of the cash register, and I couldn't see it, so I got a new one. I swear. I mean, I was like, I don't see no green flowing around this thing. But, you know, I sort of like, I didn't see This class was amazing. I mean, we talked about it for a long time. So, Val, you teach a, you teach classes as well, the a light resonance healing courses. Why should people train? Why should people learn? Well, what I really like about it is it, no matter what class you're drawn to, just go to it. Whether it's healing class like light resonance or it's a tarot class like Moe's or it's one of Kat's incredible psychic classes – you can use it in any field, any time, and it's like a tool you're pulling out of your toolbox. Yes. For example, I was teaching at this large event, and this human resources person came up, and Moa, it sounds like the class at the 12th house, where all of a sudden she could see auras, and she was keeping me informed, because it was a series of classes, keeping me informed of how she used it in hiring people and terminating people. Wow. But she said that she learned how to use it compassionately, and she knew it helped her. And it wasn't the only tool she used. Of course, they had all their screening and their forms and the background checks and all of that. I mean, that was all first. But she said it was great if it was between two people. She could compassionately let the one down easily by her colors to know that the other one was going to fit the job better, you know, a little bit 
better support. So you can use it in everyday life. I mean, it doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I can't get on that airplane or I can't go on that river rafting trip or, you know, those are are some, I'm not going to say extreme cases because I think Mo, Kat, you and I, and Mark, you too, we use our intuition all the time. We just know. We don't always follow it, maybe, Mm -hmm. but but we know we get the message pretty well, clearly. I think training helps you also understand like what you just said. What do I do? Like I remember it was people's first interest in the tarot, and they would pull the death card and freak out. Right. With education, knowledge does remove fear, and I think that's the beauty of having teachers, and that's why I'm so happy that each and each of you in speaking right tonight teaches because people need to understand that there are certain things that they don't understand and that they could use some help for. That's what mentoring is about because each of the classes that you teach, I get incredible feedback on. So what I want to do is I want to make sure you each talk about anything that's going on uh, regarding your your teachings time or even if you're doing some one-on-one work now that one to academy allows one-on-one time if any of you have that going on i'd like you to um, summarize and also that's what that's actually what i wanted to say if you would each summarize get about we have about um five minutes left summarize what advice you might give people that that are afraid to talk to other people about their intuition little advice there and then let people know uh if you've got anything happening uh at this time and if you don't no problem but if you do let people know where they can find you cat you want to lead the way I, could, I just want to say for many of you that want to learn or are afraid or have been afraid to really, I, I say, unleash your psychic potential, so, you know, um, for a lack of better words. But for, for all of us, with any of us, Mo, Val, you, Mark, any of us who are out there teaching, the, the, like Val said, go ahead and jump in and, and just take it. If you feel called to it, if it sparks an interest, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. My classes right now, we, we uh, start, you know, it's a long process because there are four different series and many of the students have completed the four series. I'm actually on my third round of series one. So we'll be starting or beginning again in the new year. Awesome. All right, Mo, what is going on with your teaching world or any world? I am any world at all. I'm doing nothing. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Right now, we're about to finish up the Major Arcana, two more classes, one soon and the other one after soon. And uh, then I'm probably going to wait till after the new year to begin a new, although I want to teach. So maybe eaching something. The thing to do, uh, the Power Peak every week, I always say what I'm up to. I teach at One Two Academy, and I want to tell students of everything, you know, don't be afraid of learning this stuff. Don't be afraid. Understand you will be looked at. People will make a judgment on you. But so what? You know, they're muggles <laughs> anyway, right? So don't worry about those things. That's right. Uh, embrace the mystery. Embrace the, the grandeur of all of this, and, and you'll never regret it. But um, I will be teaching the Crowley Thoth deck probably all next year. Um, and um, it's kind of the granddaddy of them all, in my opinion, once you learn that, you can read bottle caps. If you, uh, if you, how knowledgeable do people have to be to take your class, Mo? Sounds like you're pretty smart. Say it again. I don't have to have any knowledge at all because I so far have not taught a second level class. Uh, the first level assumes you know nothing about tarot. I'm simply giving definitions of cards, and uh, then I'm going to teach a class on 
how to use these cards. So that's coming. I took a spreads class from you. It literally blew my mind. And the, um, I'm telling you, you guys, the guy's got secrets. So does Kat. The feedback on these classes isn't just shallow. This is like these people are dedicated. Wait, and, and Valerie, you do light resonance healing. It's a whole nother story. It's You can hear it on the archives at markhusson.com, actually. But it's a phenomenal story of a journey that Val took that took her into a whole nother world of psychic development and healing. And you actually do workshops. Are you doing anything now, Val, over at the Academy? Well, I'm starting in January. I've got my, I do an introduction to light resonance hearing healing series and um, they can keep tabs on that by going to one to listen.com or they can go to lightresonance.com and um, I, it's great because it's an introduction their classes just to see where you want to go with it if you want to take it anywhere it's for any prep you know Definitely um, energy healers and people that are new to energy healing and just want to find out more what it's about. And it's an introduction to color is one class, um, energy healing is another class, and sound is another class. And that's coming that's awesome. up in January. See, I even the omen, like the three of you come together and your initials say, <laughs> <laughs> oh well anyway i'll work with that um i i can't tell the world how lucky i feel i have to tell you i'm listening to you guys and going my god this is an incredible group of people and you Mark, are yes i'm sorry to interrupt but vkm vacuum oh look at that <laughs> and that's what we are <laughs> and we don't suck <laughs> oh god okay you know here's the thing i listen to you guys I am proud as a peacock because it's like this is the like-minded group that I feel like I am a part of. And I am so honored that each of you take the time to share your thoughts, to play with us, because sometimes you just become icons to the world when actually you are real people who actually come to all levels and you talk to directly to people. You never let your egos get crazy, which is what I love about all of you. I um. Kathleen Hall, thank you so much to the Psychic Cat Show on Wednesdays. Mo Abdelbaki and his new show. Now, Mo has an incredible, you know, Mo, it'll be over by that. I'll have to talk about it tomorrow. He has a guest coming on Friday on his show, uh, Out of Mo's Mind. That's Friday at 11 Pacific uh, on Out of Mo's Mind. That's Fridays. And Valerie is the person who makes our voices on the radio come through. So she's Bless. a producer at One Two Radio. I give you each a hug. I give you each a thanks. Thank you all listening so much. One Too Many Voices is signing off, and we wish you a very, very happy holiday season because we're not even sure when this is going to air, but I bet you it's right in the middle of one of them holiday things. So thank you all for coming with me. Please have a great day, and we will talk soon, I'm sure. Bye now. Bye, everybody.